You are listening to Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable, the podcast. The podcast that has comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. I'm your humble host, Debbie Roach, and in this episode, I chat with my friend and fellow Brit, Victoria Spooner. Victoria is a communications professional, musician and broadcaster from South London, currently living in Vancouver on unceded Coast Salish territory. Victoria hosts the storytelling show She Boom and Last Orders on Vancouver Co-op Radio. She also makes radio, audio documentaries, podcasts, songs and the best cup of tea you've ever tasted and I can personally attest to that. In this conversation, Victoria and I explore homesickness and how homesickness can actually be connected to your sense of identity. As always, I hope you enjoy this conversation, but there's definitely plenty of adult language. So when you're listening, pop on those headphones. Victoria, thank you for coming on to the Uncomfortable Podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, it's always fun to have a friend. And as you joked before, we're probably just going to talk about the shit that we generally (laughs) end up talking about. Just with a microphone. Exactly. (laughs) We've had this conversation many times before. Yes. And I'm always, always up for talking about it more and more. Totally, yeah. and and I mean it was good because it was kind of the reason we were connected. So that's true. Yeah, the homesickness topic is something that you've been interested in doing a podcast about. Yeah. Uh, being from the UK, yeah. like myself, living in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. and then it was our, I guess, uh, BCIT instructor Karen that put us in touch, and it just turned out that. I was. I happened to be working at the radio station that you also have a show yeah. at. It's <laughs> so, like very. We were already connected and we didn't even know. I know. I know. Yeah. It's like super small, yeah. creepy-ish world. Yeah. Um, That's Vancouver. <laughs> it really is. It's a small, small city. Very small city. So yeah, we just tend to have kind of similar peeves when it comes to here, and then we yeah. both struggle with. Um, I think we both explained it as having like one foot in the UK and one foot here Mm. so before we kind of get into that um just for some background tell the listeners how you actually ended up living in Vancouver why did you come here oh mate great question (laughs) it's not like I've never I've never answered it either but it's just every time someone asks me I still don't really know seven years seven and a half years um down the line but um (laughs) So if it's, there's there's several reasons, and they include. <laughs> um, so I was just I was a bit of, I was fed up in London. I wasn't really didn't really feel like I was doing what I really wanted to do with my life, and I didn't really know what that was to be honest. So I wasn't I just wasn't very fulfilled, and I kind of felt a little bit suffocated there. I was a bit 
I don't know, I kind of felt a little bit trapped and um, I just, I can't just, I just thought, you know what, I need to change. And I'd done a, I'd done a ski season in France mm. and um, I thought, you know, I could do something like that again, but I didn't really want to live in a ski town because that's a very particular lifestyle. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not really for me. And I'm a musician, so I kind of wanted to be in a city where I could still play music and meet other musicians. And I also wanted to have like a relatively normal job, <laughs> not just like, you know, there's there's only a certain amount of types of jobs you can have in a ski town, pretty much. Yeah, you um, can only work for, like, one season, Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, uh, first of all, I thought, you know, I'll just go to Banff for, like, that time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then I came here on... Um, I'd already... I'd applied for my work, work permit, because you have to be under a certain age to get it. Um, and I'd applied for it. I came here on, um, on a holiday and went to Whistler Snowboarding and then came to Vancouver to just check it out. Because I thought, well, I've got the, I've got the visa... I'm going to be there for a holiday. Let me just see what Vancouver's like. So I'd already had it in the back of my mind. Um, I was like, well, this makes sense on paper. Like, it's a, it's a, a city, but it's close to the water and, you know, close to the mountains. I could still go snowboarding if I want to. Um, and I, when I came here, I bumped into a woman who was... I, I was walking downtown and there was, like, a um, a rally in the um, downtown for the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Yeah. And... I kind of stopped and was like, what's, you know, what's going on here? Got chatting to, got chatting to one of the women that was there. Turned out she was the volunteer coordinator for an organisation called Waver, which is Women Against Violence Against Women, and they're a rape crisis centre. And one of the other reasons why I wanted to live in a city and not ski town was because I thought, well, I want to contribute to the community. Wherever it is I end up going, I want to put something into that. I want to get to know that. I want to be part of the community, I want to, and I want to pay into it in some way. Yeah. And volunteering, obviously, is, like, the best way to do that. And there's so many ways. But I was very, like, galvanised by that. And um, I feel I'm very passionate I'm very passionate about women, obviously, feminism. And um, and sexual violence has always been something that, to me, is, I know, it's kind of just been something that I've really felt very strongly about um, defending and... Uh, talking about more and like mm-hmm. raising raising awareness of and but I did at that time I didn't really know why or how I wanted to do that and then when I met her I was like okay this is it the final puzzle is <laughs> a piece of the puzzle is in place and if I come here I can volunteer for that organization I can live in this city I just met a musician um who was working in a shoe shop and we got chatting and I was asking her about what back like what venues to go to to see bands so we made friends on Facebook. So I already had that connection. Like in this one week of being in this city yeah. before I'd even moved here. So, and then when I um I went back to the UK, um this the musicians we we got in touch. She got in touch with me. We started chatting over Facebook, and I told her when I was thinking about moving. She was like, "Well, my roommate's moving out. Why don't you move in with me?" So basically, it was just on a plate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy how it all happened. It was all very very serendipitous. Um. So that's why I ended up, that's why I came here initially. And I was like, well, I've always been a big fan of Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> the Groover from Vancouver. So I thought, well, I could go to Vancouver and like, you know, do that. Um, but it was never a city that I'd thought like, oh, you know, when you think of cities that you would want to live in, I thought of like Berlin or like Barcelona yeah. or like, you know, these other, or New York or something like this. But, um, you know. I thought Vancouver could work. It's far away enough for me to just be like, I need to just get a break, have a break. And I was only going to do the year. And then obviously I applied for the second year. And then that wasn't enough. So I got the permanent residence. Did you come on the student work abroad program? Um, 
It was the work the ho- working holiday visa. No, yeah. so it wasn't the same okay. program. I don't think it's different, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I was the student work abroad program for the first year, and I think you could get the visa as for one year. But this is back when I did it, which was sixteen years ago. Oh, um, wow. and then I. I met someone, so then I wanted to stay and realise I could apply again, but just as, like, the kind of working holiday thing as an adult. But you could only get one year and then one year. But I think by the time you did it, no, the whole no, mine was one year. Two, one year oh, no. was it? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because it was it was maybe the year or the second of the year after mm-hmm. that they changed it to the two years because I think they just realised everyone was applying for the second year. Yeah, okay. So it was like, well, okay. just, we'll just What's give you two then. Yeah. yeah, and it was that was very very stressful because it's like a lottery, and I didn't even know mm-hmm. if I was going to get to apply, um, but I did, and I got you know anyway. That's a long story, but um, but yeah, then I I've got into a relationship after about a year of being here, and so. I already had applied for my uh, permanent residency before I met him, or I was already in the process of applying for it. So I didn't, I didn't do that to stay here with with him. But um, but then I then I did meet that person, and then I was, you know, that was like I guess another reason to sort of stop around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, you know, honestly, like I felt like I had a really great quality of life here. Like I really, I really, really did love it. The first year I was here, I really loved it. Um, and so, and then, you know, one year leads to the next, to be honest. Yeah, and then seven and a half years later, you're That's still right. here. That's right. <laughs> so what about family? Um, I mean, obviously, you've, you've kind of left them behind. They're still back in England. Yeah. Was there, a, you know, a reason of, or was there a wanting to kind of just get away from it all? Or was it just like, no, I just need to explore a bit more? And then how has it been when you kind of go back and, and visit your family? Do you really feel that calling that you really miss them and you want to go back there? Or are you quite happy to have that distance between you? Mm, it's kind of twofold, really. Like, when I left, yeah, I was... I was living at home actually and I found that you know I was looking for places to live in London I wanted to move out on my own but I just found that was it just found it seemed to be really unattainable and I wasn't Mm. sure that I could do it um but also of course getting to the age that I was I'm like if I'm gonna go to Canada I've got to do it now so it was like I wanted to get out and I wanted a bit of space and I wanted to leave but I also like you know just I also just wanted to have an adventure I also just wanted to try something fun so it was a bit of all of that but then yeah in terms of like going home um I think, you know, the distance is, um, I, like, it's, it was really, really hard. It, it was, at the beginning, I was like, okay, I kind of, like, I, honestly, I did, I really did need to just be on my own for a bit. Yeah. And I think that that was, um, so I do was a bit siblings? of a, I do have a sister, okay. yeah, an older sister. Um, yeah, so I did want to be on my own for a bit. So, yeah, I will, I will say that, like, actually having some distance from me, it wasn't just my family, it was everyone. I just was like, I just need to get away from everyone you know your community and your family and your friends are def- like they sort of define who you are in a way like this sort mm-hmm. of you know they or you 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 are within um they don't well they don't they don't define you but who you are is sort of in relation to other people and yeah. how they see you and your connections with them and that's not a bad thing it's just like but sometimes you just need to break away from that and go, mm-hmm. okay yeah, but actually who am I and what am I doing yeah um so it was about I did I did need to be on my own um, but you know, I miss, I miss them so much. Like when I left my, ne- I have three nephews and my youngest one, um, he was two when I left and that was like, oh my God, 
like so heartbreaking yeah and I'd think about him all the time and I still do and I like I really really miss my family like I think and I think I always have missed my family I miss you know I miss the things that we do together I miss the like Christmas like if yeah. I, don't go, I was going home pretty much every Christmas but I haven't done that for actually the last two years which is kind of nuts so you know I do I, having a, having a bit of distance from them though like you know I'm it does allow you to sort of uh, explore again like who you are without that family definition yeah of who you are and you know how they influence how your upbringing has been influenced by them and how um good for good or like you're better or worse like I'm not saying it's one one or the other but sometimes you just need to like break free of that and just get some space from it all and totally. you know my family are very close and I have quite a big family so it was very yeah. much like we were kind of like we are all sort of you know live very close to each other so it's not really we are we are together a lot of time or were together yeah. a lot of time and even like extended family yeah like yeah. Like, like grandparents like both my nans um like cousins aunt and uncle aunt and uncles yeah so which I love I love that I'm very lucky yeah. that I have that sort of family but you know um but I also just it's nice to kind of get away from. I also think that like one of the reasons why I was just you know I think I'm quite different to a lot of my family um I'm maybe the black sheep <laughs> as they say well I don't think necessarily think it's a bad thing but like I'm the one that like you know um uh, maybe is the odd slightly the odd one out in terms of like you know my political beliefs a lot of a lot of the time like certainly me and my parents don't see eye to eye on a lot of things um when it comes to stuff like that which I know is also your experience yep um <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's unusual for us, for our age, yeah, our generation, not for anyone, really. I Definitely. think for a lot of people, like, we just, we don't, most people don't necessarily see eye to eye with their parents about stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think that there's something particular, though, about that with being British and being English. That is a very particular way of experiencing that, I think. And, um, yeah, so, so I don't know, I really, I, I really, I honestly, like, I struggle so much being away from them. I really do. I find it incredibly, incredibly hard. And I always have, ever since day one of getting here. It was fun at the first, and then it was like, okay, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And the last few years have really been painful. Yeah. I've just been like, I don't think I want to... I, because, you know, you stay here to a certain... You, you, you go, you, you're here long enough where you're like, okay, what... I'm at that point now where I have to decide, is this where I'm staying? Yeah. Or, or is this or is this chapter closing now? Am I going to yeah. move on? And that was when I started to think, well, I don't want to spend the rest of my life this far away from my family. I just don't. Yeah. And when did you realise that? Like when, how far, because you've been here, what, over seven years? Yeah, seven and a half. So I probably realised that, like, that particular thing, maybe maybe two years ago. Hmm. It was coming, yeah. and I, but I just wasn't quite ready to, it wasn't quite formulated, that thought of, like, just... Because to me, in my head then, it was like, well, if I stay here, this is me putting roots down. Yeah. And do I want to put my roots down here? Um, and then I was like, well, no, this is too far away. Yeah. And so so now it's like, well, now what? Do you think, because um, I know you don't really have any attachment here when it comes to either having like a partner here or a career that you really want to stay for. Mm-hmm. Do you think if that was different, that you'd be willing to live in this city? Do you know what? I think about that actually a lot. And it's so hard because uh, I was in a relationship for a while, but it was really not a good situation. Mm. And um, like I said, I I wasn't, I didn't think, I wasn't, 
I didn't stay here for that person, but we ended up getting together like, you know, after a year. So I did end up just being here as, at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and I did still want to stay because I felt like I had friends and I was, pl- I was like, you know, playing a bit of music here and there. And, um, but because when I think about that, it's like, well, then that, what then I'm doing, okay, so if I meet someone and I'm like, okay, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, then I'm choosing them over my entire family and I don't like that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that doesn't sit with me at all. Well, not even my entire family, but my my family, my culture, and my friends. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if one person is going to be able to give me all of that. And I actually don't think it's fair to put all of that on one person. Yeah, that's so Um, true. I mean, but then I say that, I don't know. If I met met the the person, like like the person that I would feel like I could make a future with, then I don't know, I'd see, perhaps I'd feel slightly differently. Yeah, and I guess it may depend on their circumstances again, if their job, their family is here, someone's going to have to give something up, there's going to have to be a middle ground somewhere, so... Yeah, like one of us will always be away from our family, whether we move back, we were to move to England, or we were to stay here, like somebody's always going to have to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to know when, because I'm not in that situation at the yeah. moment. And I just, I think about it though. I mean, I think that's partly why I don't really, I'm not really, you know, like trying to date anyone right now. It's not, yeah. I'm not, I'm open to it, but I'm also not like on, on the lookout. You're not on the tender. I'm not swiping. on the tender, mate. And I tried it for like t- seven minutes and I was like, absolutely no, thank you. I hate it. I didn't meet my boyfriend just to say, I know. Oh, I'm in a dating so app. So many of my friends do it and they've like done well. And I've got one of my really, really good friends married, they just married someone and had a, had a child with someone she met on Tinder, which is absolutely, oh, like one of them taking apps. Which yeah. is wonderful, and I know it does work, but for me, I'm just maybe it's just not right now. Maybe at some point I'll yeah. get into it, but and I've tried fair. it and it just don't drive with me. I'm just not, I'm just no. not. That's fair, that's yeah. totally fair. Now, do you think there's any particular event or time of year that you actually feel that calling to move home is a lot stronger than it would normally be? I know usually around the holiday mm-hmm. season, around Christmas, everybody kind of wants to go home, but is there any other time? Um, or any particular, like, event mm. where you're like, ah, I just want to be at home right now. Yeah. You know what? Like, definitely the holidays is some is a thing. But, you know, one of my best friends just had a baby. Mm. And that made me feel, that made me question a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I want to be in that child's life. Like, I've missed, I mean, I haven't been there for my nephew for the, his entire childhood. Like, he's 10 now. And, like, I talk to him as much as I can over Skype, FaceTime, and whenever I go home, I try to make sure that I spend as much time as possible with him. Um, But, you know, that hurts sometimes when I think Mm -hmm. about that. That's a... I'm not going to say I regret it because I don't think that's that's pointless, really. But... um, But, you know, I recognise that I've not been present in his life in in the way that I would like to have been. But I've also kind of had reasons why I've stayed here and I've had to do things I've had to do. So that's just the way it is. Um, But I also hope that, like, he can see me and what I do and the kind of life I lead and that might inspire him in other ways. Oh, totally. And be a bit of a role model for him and, like, my other nephews, the older ones. They're like, oh, well, she went off and did some travelling. Perhaps I can... Yeah, you know that they can. They know that like there's more to life outside of our our bubble. Yeah. I'm always trying to get my cousins to. Yeah, um, they're you know kind of early twenties and they're at 
uh, Glasgow University. And Glasgow University has one of those like arrangements with the University of British Columbia oh. where you can actually um for a semester yeah. kind of you know come and study at UBC and yeah. I'm like guys do it yeah. come on oh they should do they it they haven't yet but if they what happen if to listening? listen to this Get episode Rebecca it. and Hannah you You're know who you are I talked to you at our my father's 60th the other night about this um yeah. then I think it would be super cool like because like you I just think well you know I I'm the only one I'm the yeah. only one who's really kind of ventured, other than my older cousin, but she moved maybe three-hour drive north. Right. <laughs> yeah. Still Scotland. Yeah. But other than that, uh, you know, her daughter is actually just left. So her daughter, Amy, um, is 18 and left to kind of work as a chef at... Uh, what's called Knock Castle in in uh, Scotland. So she is just you know one of those spa castle places, oh, but yeah, she yeah. lives on site. Um, and Vanessa's kind of hoping that maybe she'll then venture out overseas and try other places. And yeah. I think that would be you know it's so cool that she's she's doing that. Yeah, definitely. And just kind of you know flying out the nest a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's nice when you see your cousins do that yeah. and your family do that. But like right now, I'm still the only person who's kind of gone to a different yeah. country. I do. My, my little cousin, Sarah, she, we were talking about, you know, we, she might come over and visit at some point this, this summer. Might meet, I'm going to go on a little trip and she might come and meet me there. But, um, but she travels all the time. Mm-hmm. But she lives at home. Um, but she will go off to Paris, Nice. She's been to Nice for her 30th birthday. Nice. Like she goes to, you know, like... Um, she's in like Amsterdam a little while ago. She goes to New went to New York earlier on in the year. Like she's always got, uh, going off on trips. Like all the time, she travels loads. Yeah. Um. But you know, it'd be I think you know, it's like living living away is really different than going on a going on a holiday. Obviously. Yeah. And I actually, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I can experience quite a bit of guilt. Oh my god! About being away. Oh my god, it's huge. From home and it's huge. You know, and sometimes I'm like, why? Why do I feel this way? Mm. Or, or sometimes I kind of want to go home and I have a bit of a breakdown, and then my dad will be like, you know what, Debbie, you're in an amazing city, and Glasgow's really cool. It is, but I'm from a little town, kind of just outside Glasgow. And it's a small town. It's fine, but it's yeah. not super exciting. And he's like, don't you know? I'd love you obviously to be here, but don't come back. It's where you are has so much more opportunity but I just feel just yeah. so guilty that I'm not there sometimes especially if someone gets ill or yeah. you know and and that's hard yeah I think about that a lot yeah and the guilt is re- really really <sighs> yeah it's real and like especially when I go last few times I've gone home like I've gone to the airport my parents have taken me to the airport and like my mum gets really upset whenever I leave. Mm-hmm. And if there's like, other things going on in my family where, like, she's no, I don't know, like, there's other tr- struggles or whatever, then that's when I feel really guilty because I feel like, well, yeah. I should be here. Because if I'm here, then I can fix all of it and I can make it all better. Can I, though? <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, like, you think you take all of that on because, you, yeah. you know, and I'm not, I'm not abandoning them. I don't not, I don't not want to be there with them. I mean, maybe a little bit of me did want to be away from them at the, when, at the beginning, but because I needed to just get away and just like go try something different on my own. But now it's not about me not being there with them, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not rejecting them as family yeah. and people. It's just like 
this is just the way my life has gone and I never ever would have, if you told me 10 years ago that this was what would be happening, there's no way I would have under, could even have understood how this could possibly be yeah. real. Like it, it's so, it's so weird and I know it's one of those things that like when I leave here, I'll look back on it and I'll probably understand. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't see it right now. Yeah. So what's stopping you from moving back home? Well, you mentioned earlier about like, you know, not having a partner, not having like a career that you really, mm-hmm. really want to do, whatever. But, you know, that is the career thing has been the thing that's been honestly the most important thing to me in the like the last, you know, all of my life really. Like I've tried loads of different things and yeah. I've tried to find my way with loads of different um sort of I'm not gonna say even professions, but just like different fields. Like I've I've studied music at university, so I tried to do that for a bit. I always really wanted to be a music journalist, but I never really thought that I could. Worked in music PR for a while. Then I just had all these like random jobs that were like shitty office jobs, like that I guess were just filler because I was too afraid to like really go for what I really wanted for a multitude of reasons. Um, I also think you know you grow up in a sort of like. I'm think you're probably similar background, like, you know, fairly working class family or whatever, yeah. and then you're like, well, you know, you're not really, don't get too big for your boots, like, don't have too many aspirations, like, you know, you've got to have a proper job, though, well, what are you yeah. going to do if that doesn't work out, like, going yeah. and doing a music degree is always like, yeah, but what are you going to do if that doesn't work out, you need to have, you need to have something to fall back on. Security. Totally. But the problem with that, <laughs> with telling people that they need to have something to fall back on, means that they will spend time finding that thing to fall back on and they distract from the thing that they really want to do which it always it will always work out like it might I might never have been the most famous musician in the world or bass player which might have been what I wanted Def certainly don't want that anymore but that's the thing if I'd stuck at that a bit more and if I'd given myself the opportunity to write about music a lot more yeah then I would have found even if it had been hard and I'd struggled for a bit I would have found a path it yeah. might not have been the one that I, the ideal one, you know, writing for the NME or whatever, which is probably what I would have dreamt about when I was a teenager. But, you know, there would have been a way. But now I'm all this year, all these years down the line, and I've only just figured out that that my That's my late thirties yeah. that actually I don't really want to secure a job anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I found what I found the thing that I'm super passionate about that I really want to pursue, and. I'm ready to just put all in and I'm just going to give it a try. Yeah. Because honestly, I don't want to waste any more time. I could do, I, honestly, I could do that anywhere. Um, but I've just sort of started doing that here now. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of really sh- of good shows that I really love doing. And I've like started to make some connections of people that I really want to work with and exciting like projects. And I, you know, I, I don't really want to like up and leave right now because I've got that. But at the same time, Honestly, I don't know what's I don't know what's in England for me. Yeah, and I mean point. it's we're talking right now at a time where Brexit has what that's it, mate, happening in what tomorrow? It's, yeah, two days. What's the date? Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it a great time to go back? I don't know. I don't. I lasted the. You know, it's funny because I was t- chatting to a friend of mine in Australia, and I asked him. I was like, like, you know, he's from England, and I said, you know, he's got family in Australia. They're Australian. His wife's Australian. So he has a different life than me. Like, he has a different reason to be where he is. But I asked him, like, do you feel homesick? And he was like, no. He was like, of course I miss my friends and my family. He's like, but I definitely don't feel homesick for England. I like, you know, I, um, every time I go back there, it just, I just, the poverty is unbelievable. Like, every time you go, when you're away for so long, you see the changes a bit more. Yeah. Like, people, it's happening under their eyes. Like, they don't really notice it. And he was like, but where I, where I, whenever I go back home, I see people 
homeless people on the street in the town that he's from, which is like a fairly like a kind of a village, mm-hmm. like a nicer place. Like that's never been the case before where he's from. And yeah. he was like, you know, and the racism is just like on the surface and people just don't give a shit. Anymore. It's just they're out there with it. And I was like, yeah, honestly, like whenever I go back, I start to feel this too. And one of our good friends, Lauren, who, who yeah. you know, she just went back that she was like, she actually felt she's she actually felt really afraid to hold her girlfriend's hand in public mm-hmm. in London. Do you know when I so my partner is Iranian and uh, when we went over a year and a half ago, I was terrified. Oh my like I so was actually fun so worried mm. about what people would say so. to him or and then he was going on to the world cup him you know meeting friends over there but kind of traveling over to russia himself i mean to be in russia probably would have been fine with the world cup happening because there would have been people from so many different you know backgrounds yeah. cultures countries going there to watch the football but just in Scotland, I was so worried. And it was all absolutely fine, you know. Like, I wasn't worried about my family. I was just kind of worried about being in Glasgow on a night yeah. out and being out in a public and someone saying something mm. or, or whatever or doing something stupid because any time I've gone back, as much as I love it there, I've just found the same thing. Like, mm. the racism is so much worse than yeah. it than it seems to be in Vancouver anyway. Obviously, I can't speak to other places in Canada because I don't live there. But it was just, like, I remember Well, also, year... I think even worse than it used to be. And I mean, yeah. okay, maybe it's not worse because it's probably always been there. But I think people seem to feel like they've got a license to say this shit out loud mm-hmm. now. And, like, to look at people in a certain way in the street. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, last time I went home, there was, like, members of my family or people that said and did things. I was actually, like, disgusted. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And and it's not like I don't talk to them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm completely cut off from my family when yeah. I'm out here. Like, you know, or just, like, things I see in the newspaper. Or, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this, everyone's lost their mind. I know. Like, and, you know, like... even, like, we're just recently, I'm sure, as everyone uh, is so bored of the story of freaking Meghan and Harry going off to do their own thing. I mean, really, quite frankly, don't Could give be a fuck shit, because man, I'm not a fan of the royals. At the same time, I'm, like, good on them for yeah. maybe realising how bullshit that yeah. establishment is and getting out of it and maybe get, hopefully getting jobs and paying their own fucking way so we don't have to. But <laughs> just, like, at the same time, seeing how bad the paparazzi is over there and actually yeah. not... Would you want to be in her shoes? Like, oh, my no. God, of course not. Like, horrendous. Like, the paparazzi in the UK is brutal. It's, it's weird. It's a culture of some parts of it I miss and parts of it I just am so glad I am, like, far removed from. Yeah, totally. And that's why I, like, I personally have this struggle to move back there because I just don't want to be back in that. I don't want to be back yes. in that kind of, you know... It may not be or seem very like loudly racist but there's the racist undertones and there are some people who are loudly racist and then there's the tabloids spreading absolute garbage and you don't seem to get that in Canada as much yeah I would agree and yeah definitely and not only you know the like Brexit yeah I mean I know that like a lot of people would say that they voted for it because they you know they truly felt like it was going to make things different but what again it's the the same old story it's like we have problems Mm -hmm. um 
we live in a we live in a society that is oh in Britain that is deeply classist. I'm talking like we're yeah. talking like like thousands of years of classism, not just yeah. like you know a few hundred. Where it's like these embedded in everything that we are, and that and the and the capitalism and the way that you know the the certain people having the amount like the power that they do, mm-hmm. and just and just people like being so ignorant to. They see the they have they see the problem in front of their eyes, or they think they feel they feel an issue that they're experiencing, and they get fed some lies by like mostly the Daily Mail about who's to blame for that, which is always poor people, mm-hmm. um, people of color, uh, yeah. foreigners. Like it's the same old fucking story, and it never changes. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of think to yourself, but you've been going on this for years and years and years, and nothing seems to be getting any better. Maybe this isn't what the problem is. Like, yeah. does anyone did anyone think about that? Yeah. And you know, it makes me so mad because I just I'm like, especially when you know, a lot of working class people in the UK. I mean, they see. They see that they see their trades being destroyed, and they see their their farmlands being like um, bought up and like mm-hmm. turned into you know whatever. And that is yeah, that's real, but that's capitalism. That's not immigration. That's not. But you know, always. But then I'm also like, but capitalism can't exist in a vacuum. Like if you you all of these things that you believe in and you value and you care about, a lot of these people are like very patriotic and nationalist mm-hmm. in this way. And it's the like idea of what being England what England is and what being English is. Little Britannia. Yeah, and all, all that yeah. stuff. And it's just like but don't you understand that first of all we're all immigrants because like there's unless you're a Celt, you're not from the British yeah. Isles, like really. Yeah. Um or, you know, I don't know, just like how far back all of this really goes. And that if you if you want to live in this kind of like under this system which is ruled by rich people by Tories that are all privately educated rich men, mostly white men mm-hmm. like went to some private school that somehow have been just given every leg up they could possibly imagine you could possibly imagine making decisions for you why do you think why 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 do you think that they've got your best interests at heart of course they don't yeah like. Boris Johnson don't give a fuck about you like he really doesn't but yet an overwhelming majority of people voted for him in the last election and I I honestly can't understand it and maybe it's because I'm not there I don't really know what's going on but I just it's unfathomable and honestly the only thing I can really think about blaming all of that on is that the empire is dying that being English doesn't mean what it used to be used to mean anymore that people are grasping on to this nostalgic idea of what that means and they're not really setting themselves free to really figure out who it is that they really are and what they really stand for and who what they really believe in they've just got this sense of national identity that they don't want to be taken away from them because and i I to be honest with you i understand it because i mean it's that's your identity identity, right it's who you are it's your identity and i mean i've done it myself like being here like this could be a whole other podcast but like doing volunteering at that rape crisis center i told you about i had a workshop on identity and anti-oppression and I learned about residential schools and I learned mm-hmm. about colonisation and I learned about the British Empire and I learned about what happened here in Canada on this land. And I I felt like I left Stuff my body. Stuff you don't learn about in the Absolutely citizenship not. test. Just Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say stuff you don't learn at home, but also that. No. Right. When studying for your citizenship test, none of Well, that's outrageous. That. Yeah. Because I've just applied for mine, and okay. I know you've already got yours. Unless they've changed that. I mean, I've been a citizen for six, I think, six or seven right, years right, now. Right. But, uh, yeah. 
I bet I will. I bet they don't. No. But that just you know going through that training, that one session, I remember just I felt like I, like I did. I sort of I, I left my body a bit. I was like I, I felt like I shed a layer of skin because I was like oh I can't I can't believe in that anymore. Like that's not who I am anymore. Like I don't want that. I don't want to carry yeah. that with me. Like that's not my history. Like I don't want. Or it is my history, but what I mean is I don't want to be proud of that. Like mm-hmm. that's I, I've got to do I've got to reconcile with that now and I've got to understand like my privilege in this in this situation. And again, yeah. like the homesickness comes in it all of it all it all, it's all tied up in this because it's yeah. about my national identity and what I feel proud about. And like loads of my friends would always say to me, Oh, you're the most British person I know. And I'm I'm proud to be from Britain, I'm proud to be from London. London's the fucking best city in the world as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not proud of what Britain's done. Yeah. I'm not proud of Britain's history. I'm proud of our music. I'm proud of our art. I'm proud of, like, um, our culture. I'm proud of the, how amazing we can take the piss out of each other. Um, and stuff like that. I love our pubs. Yeah. Like, there's things, of course, that I love about where I'm from, and I'm never going to not feel that. And it is very deeply ingrained in me, but I also feel very strongly about being clear to people that I'm also ashamed of... Mm-hmm. the legacies that we've left around the world not just yeah, in Canada not just Canada and you know you know people complain about immigrants especially like Brexit is about Europe right and they're, they're one other go about Europeans coming into our country stealing our jobs blah blah whatever but also signing on and it's like what they're all double busy like they're all signing on and working okay sure mm-hmm. um but like you know when they complain about people coming from Asia or Africa and they're just and I'm like yeah but you we colonized those places like we went into those countries and we put roots there, and we changed the culture there. We we, you know, we killed people. We you know we spread disease. Like we did some terrible things. But what we were trying to do was make a network across the world. We were trying to capitalize, yeah. and we were trying to make a bigger nation. We were trying to make make our nation bigger. But that doesn't mean then. And you, people would say, oh, they're proud of the, oh yeah the Great British Empire. But I'm like, yeah, but you know what that means then is when you put your when you build a bridge from one place to the other, that bridge isn't one way. People can come back over that bridge. Yeah. So, and I'm fine with it. But if you're going to be proud of the British Empire, you've got to understand that it is it is about encompassing the cultures that we have partially tried to destroy um, and stolen things from. Yeah. Tea is a Chinese ritual, and it's grown in India. It's just like it's not. It's nothing fucking British about that. Yeah. But it is yet the most British thing, and I, I get my tea imported from Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> my mum sends it to me, so it's never I just brought not some be. Scottish blend back with right. me in Scotland. But yeah, no, I. But you, I mean, that's it. You know, it's just it's it's all tied up into that identity. So again, mm-hmm. I just I understand why it's hard for people to let that go, but I just I just like to hope that what we're seeing now is just the throes of this dying, yeah. of this just the last of it. Just people cling, clinging onto it and desperate, like you know, it's it's becoming. It, it, you know, one of the things about the ugliness of like, even with the things that the poison that we keep within ourselves, it's just like that has to come out into the light for order, in order for us to look at it, to be able to deal with it, and then for mm-hmm. it to move on and for it to leave. So I'm hoping that this is what this is that's happening yeah, right now. This is like kind of coming up. Yeah, this is all the depths of like the of all of the roots of all of the evils that we've done as yeah. British people, like coming up out of the ground and being like, Oh, but we're still British, I don't want this to leave us, but it's like okay, you can cling on as far as hard as you want, but the world is changing and it yeah. always will. And yeah. it's always going to and that you cannot stop you can't stop progress, that you just cannot. And that's what this is. I hope I hope and I feel and it maybe we're maybe it's a dark time right now. And I know it could go either way. 
Um, but I really hope that it's a change for the better. Yeah. So as a British citizen living and applying for Canadian citizenship. Mm. Oh my God. So weird. <laughs> I know. But like, what do you feel you can kind of do or what do you hope to do when it comes to reconciliation with yeah. the indigenous peoples? Well, okay. This, I mean, because I just, I actually just want to bring some of that because I know you were there. So we were both at the podcast festival in November, 2019. Yeah. And we both went to see, uh, Red Man Laughing. Red Man Laughing. Mm. Yes. And I remember him, you know, uh, Ryan is a comedian and uh, I'll definitely share a link to his podcast in the show notes for this. But one thing he was talking about was reconciliation and, um, kind of jokingly about giving land back yeah and that in some places that was actually happening but like what does that mean that Mm -hmm. what someone's just going to give up the cottage that they bought 40 years ago and like give the land back so this has been something that actually really stuck with me now I don't own any property but I live here like most people and I'm exactly I'm a British citizen Mm -hmm. so what does that mean to kind of give land back and I don't really know the answer, but I'm curious to know kind of what yeah. that means to you, what reconciliation, um, like what would you want to do as a British citizen to mm. kind of help that process? Well, honestly, like one of the reasons why I think about going home is because of that. Mm-hmm. Because I think, well, I'm, I can't, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't my home. This isn't my land. It's not where I am from. Yeah. And I shouldn't be taking up space here. And, like, that's when I'm, like, on the very extreme ends of, like, my way of thinking. That's when I'm, like, well, then that's the answer then. I just have to leave because I should go back to where I'm from. And, honestly, the things I've learned about, like, the history here and about um, land treaties and, like, which I still am, like, woefully ignorant about a lot of it. And I'm, like, still learning. But, you know, um, the idea of being connected to land and, like, land being important to you and your rights over us over land um is something that makes me feel about well if i'm homesick then is my am i connected to the land in britain Mm. am i of that land am i as my you know my my blood from that land like like i was saying about us all being immigrants but like you know like i can't trace my family back further than a few generations and it's all london Mm. it's not even anywhere else in england it's london so i know i'm from london i'm very much a londoner um, so maybe that's my land maybe that's what I should go and protect and care about and like you know and what that means in London is going to look very different to what it means here Yeah. but you know maybe that's the answer and that's one thing I think about a lot of the time but then the other thing is just being like okay well first of all make sure I understand what the bloody history is because like I said I didn't even have a clue before I got here Yeah. and I would say that to any English person or any British person or any non any, anyone thinking of coming here that you really need to think about what yeah. what you're gonna what you're gonna Educate do when yourself. you get here you need to learn and it's about especially if you're british and especially mm-hmm. if you're english because you need to know if you're going to come here and take up space in this place understand what that looked like a few hundred years ago when people just came here because they felt like it yeah um and how much you know that can be re-traumatizing to people and i don't know like no one's ever really said that to me but i'm not stupid like i understand that that's what that plays into yeah um but yeah in terms of like my responsibility i just think well you know or every single day, I remember where I am. And I, I think about the history all the time. And it's easy in British Columbia because I don't know, I haven't lived, lived anywhere else in Canada, but the sense I get from a lot of people that come here from other parts of Canada say that, like, 
we talk a lot more about indigenous history mm. here and we talk a lot more about reconciliation here and as far as I'm aware, this was that one of the only provinces that only had maybe one or two treaties where there was no, this land was never. That's why we call it unceded because right. it was never. Yeah. There was never an agreement about it. Whereas in a lot of other provinces, those treaties were forced agreements with with you know the indigenous people mm-hmm. of those places to take that land over. Whereas here, the land was never given up, was never ceded. Mm. Like they they never they never won it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting, and people say that to me a lot about BC. So I wonder if that's also why it's so very much on, like around me and I see it all the time. And so, you know, every day I, rem- I think about like, okay, we just know, just remember where you are. Remember whose land yeah. you're on. Remember the history that you're on. And like everything that I'm doing in my day, my daily life. So like, even with my day job, I'm trying to work. I work in healthcare regulation and I'm trying to work on a project about, you know, how do we educate people how do we help educate healthcare practitioners about indigenous cultural safety? Like how do we teach them about well, how do we make them aware? Because, I mean, that's the other thing I, I find. Again, I'm not, not an expert and I'm not the one to teach. But um, it's just how do I open that, up that dialogue? So a lot of Canadians I speak to, they even they don't seem to get, they don't yeah. seem to understand it. And I think it's different when you're from here because you feel a certain right to be here because you were born here. And I get that's very different. And I can't really have that conversation with a lot of yeah. Canadians because, you know, I am an immigrant. Um, but... In terms of like what I would, what I want to do, like I still don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is to reconciliation. And obviously, like the only people that can tell, can say what that is, are First Nations people. Yeah. Like, and I know it looks different to everyone. Like, yeah. people have different ideas. But I just think like every time, you know, whenever I do my radio show, I always play the land acknowledgement at the beginning. And I know that that becomes a little bit of a like, oh, it just becomes a box that people tick these days to just do a land acknowledgement. But I'm still gonna do it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking a bit deeper, bit deeper about yeah. it. And I would like to, you know, try to incorporate a little bit more conversation about that. When I'm doing She Boom, I always try and play more indigenous Canadian yeah. artists every time I do it. And I'll be honest, like I haven't, my awareness isn't huge. Like the I like also like to play music that I like, and a lot of what I like is like. I don't know, music from England, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, you know, I have <laughs> Or Winnipeg, as you oh, have Winnipeg. Yeah, so, no, a lot of really good bands from Winnipeg these yeah. days. Or, you know, bands from Vancouver that I know. Yeah. Um, like support my friends but yeah I just think like as long as you as long as you're not being ignorant to like the Mm. history and you're willing to be educated and learn I think that is the biggest thing is people have no humility when it comes to this and people are so afraid of being like of like um doing it wrong or being wrong or saying the wrong thing is all that's like oh you can't say anything these days or everything's so pc and i'm like yeah but what does that mean what that means is you've said something once and someone's pulled you up on it and actually just take that on the chin and just be like oh do you know what maybe i'm going to learn from that yeah um i want to know how i can be better how i can be a better person how i can live in this world a little bit more equally and freely with everyone else because especially me I'm a, I'm a white woman I'm a straight white woman from England I have a lot of privilege mm. I can do what the fuck I want in this world more or less like I'm still a woman I still have to struggle with that yeah <laughs> a lot of misogyny and things like that and I'm still in a lot of industries that you know music and whatever where I do still feel like there's a lot of sexism and misogyny exists but but you know at the end of the day like I was able to come to Canada and just get a work permit and I was just able to just get permanent residency like it was like it was no big deal like I can't believe how easy it was I mean the permanent the application for permanent residency is probably one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my life it was really hard but it was hard you know and I had to do an English exam to prove I could speak English to a Mm -hmm. certain level um 
which I did find a little bit bizarre because I've got a degree from a British university and mm. I was like, well, that should prove that I can speak English. But, that was also, but then I was also like, yeah, but everyone else has to do it, so why shouldn't I? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was more that everyone else was like, well, why did you have to do that? You're from England. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't know that I speak perfect English. Yeah. Like, no one, why should I get, and I'm still like, trying to immigrate. Like, nobody, no, like, no one should get any preference. Yeah. So I was happy to do that. Because I was like, well, yeah, if I, if everyone else has to do it, then I should also have to do it. Yeah. And I was so sure, well, then I don't need to be worried, do I? Because I'm obviously going to score, like, 10 points on everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't, then I probably should be there. I don't know. I'm Scottish, so I really should yeah, right. take an English exam, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah (laughs) it's so true well one very very quick last question before we wrap up and it's just kind of more to do with like mental health because you know you are far away from your family you're in um a a totally different city the culture is it's still similar but you know there's differences what do you do to kind of help cope with homesickness um to just you know for the sake of your own mental health do you know what i still haven't quite figured that out Mm -hmm. that's fair yeah because i think like i've just kind of gone on a massive rant about like immigration and colonization and being british and all that kind of stuff but that is something that i still feel like i'm very much in the throes of Mm -hmm. so i'm still trying to i'm still trying to figure all of it out really and um but you know like i watch a lot of um eight out of ten cats does countdown <laughs> and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um I listen to British radio all the time. I listen to BBC yeah. Six Music because they play the best music and I learn loads of new stuff from from home. So honestly, like probably probably just all of those things that I keep as part of my routine. Yeah. Um to just kind of help me feel closer to home. Like I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, I listen to Steve Lamack in the morning because that's the with the time difference. He's my breakfast show, and I grew up listening to Steve Lamack like on the evening session. So you know that's like probably something else that really helps me. A lot of like yeah, British podcasts like that yeah. I love comedy ones that I like. Um, I've got really into uh, the Adam Buxton podcast. He's okay. probably my absolute favourite podcaster out there right now, apart from this one, obviously. Clearly, um, clearly. Um, but he's a comedian, but he does like long form interview. But he's mm-hmm. so funny, and he's like the king of the format. He's really good, and he does his own little jingles um but there's also yeah a couple of guys from Essex who I like listening to called Hardcore Listing and because they're from Essex they're just like geezers and whatever and they just they they just do these they just do really funny stuff so it's like that it's getting that comedy fix the British comedy and the giggles and the um because they're on that particular podcast they're two friends and they kind of take the piss out of each other a lot so that's nice I am also incredibly lucky in that I have one of my very best friends here, Lauren. Yeah. Um, we went to university together, and then she's quite the traveller as well. And she moved out here in 2016. And um, she's had her own very wild journey. Um, but we talk about it a lot, me and her. But And we, may, yeah, we see each other very, very, very frequently. But honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think I still would be here if she was not here. Yeah. It would be very hard. Um, I think, um, and I, I don't know about this, you know, if for other cultures who immigrate to a different country, and please, you know, feel free to comment in our comment section and let me know if this is the case with you, but I found that just because I am a British person, I tend to attract other, um, yeah. not, you know, I, not 
I don't mean to, but I have like the longest group of friends I've had that I've probably known for like almost the full 15 years that I've been here are all from the UK. Except for one who's Canadian, but she wants to be from the UK. That's a whole other story. That's my friend Nikki. But um, it's it's so weird. Like that's, you seem to kind of attract your your tribe. And I'm curious to know if that's something that people from from other countries have have noticed too. Yeah, I wonder what they would say. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to know if anyone does. I mean, when I first got here, I was very like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because I worked for Apple and I worked in a store and I worked with lots of people from all over, but mostly Canadians. And um, I had like one or two friends, uh, James, who you know, like Mm -hmm. um, he's from the UK as well. But, and we've been friends ever since, but everybody else was, I was like, no, I really want to like not just hang out with the British people. I want to make sure I like integrate into what's going on here and um, not just be one of those people. But then I started, when I was, when, after like things things turned a bit, you know, I've been through like a bit of a rough like few few years, and throughout those time periods, that was when I started to realise actually, letting go of a lot of friendships, people that just weren't really I don't know my people anymore mm. or whatever. Um, I've noticed that my circle is now about is now about three or four people, and most of them are you know from England to oh, Scotland interesting. Yeah. yeah so there's you yeah yeah <laughs> you know. and you know Lauren and James and then like I do have, obviously have a few other friends who are Canadian but like for the for the most part like it is yeah people it's just when yeah. I've just let it go and I've just been like oh, I'm just gonna do whatever feels right I mean it says something of course you want to find people that understand there's something about like just knowing where you come from and understanding mm-hmm. like the culture that you grew up in and the, the the pop culture references and like the traditions and the shops and the way things happen and like you know you just you like you can't there's no one else is ever going to understand that it's yeah. just not it's not going to happen yeah and you don't even think like the things that you miss are you're going to miss yeah like you know going to the pub like when we talk about even doing that or going to the pub and not having to tip yeah, not having, oh my tip, not having to sit down and just being able to go to the bar and just be like, I just like a pint, please. Yeah. And you get a pint and you pay the money and they give you your change and then you just go and you you just, you don't even have to sit down. You can just stand where you like. I know. And you can hold your drink and you can chat to people and you can mingle. And I think that's another reason why I just feel like I've never really fully settled here is because I find yeah. it so hard to find the so that's there is no, the social, the social life here is like, it's nothing compared to what the UK's yeah. got. Like, and I'm, I apologise to every Vancouverite listening to this right now, but you, but honestly, like, you guys don't know how to socialise. It's so funny because I honestly just came back what three, four days ago from a ten day trip yeah. back home, and I was in a pub and I can't remember what night it was or what day it was, but um, I was just I came back from the bar and I was like oh my god, it's so nice to not have to tip. Like, she just gave me all my change back with a massive smile on her face. And then we were talking about going out and eating and how in my hometown, there's not that many restaurants, like fancy restaurants. Like, there's literally two places to go. Yeah, one of them Pizza Express, I can't No, it's not, actually. (laughs) One is, like, the restaurant that's attached to a hotel and has Mm -hmm. a bar 
also in it and the other one is just like a pub that happens to serve food but I used to work in a pub that didn't serve food and I was saying to my friends I don't think there's a pub in Vancouver that doesn't serve food not that I can remember that I even like know of and it's so bizarre because that was kind of the norm you didn't go to the pub to eat like yeah it was probably the most disgusting sandwich or I mean the most maybe you'd get is a packet of crisps oh sure or some some peanuts exactly and that was it so Scam! Oh my god, I fucking love scampi fries. Oh, I had frazzles. I had frazzles. Oh no, don't do that to I me. Know. Sorry, we're oh gonna, my god, let's not. I know. As you talked, you've got a massive size galaxy. Yeah, that I just brought back for you. Actually, gonna sit in my bed and eat oh, that tonight. It's heaven. Galaxy is the best chocolate for any of you that have never oh, tried it. And so actually, um, you can't get it at Nestor's. Nestor's now. Can you? Yeah, they have like a little section of like UK imported. It is kind of ridiculous priced for one small chocolate bar yeah. but um they have galaxy i feel like walmart might too actually i know they have tonics tea cakes at walmart oh my god uh, yeah oh no you just you just blow my world right i know i didn't know <laughs> we may have to end it now before we start talking about all the food but other than that like i don't know i do love this city and like you i kind of have one foot here and one foot in the uk and i'm never quite entirely sure what to do or where to go yeah and because i love canada i i i actually feel canadian probably almost more canadian now than british right but I've got my family there and I do have all that culture that I grew up with yeah. and I think it will always be part of me and I feel like I might just, it, if I stay here, I'll always, or regardless of anywhere that I go, because I, I would like to experience maybe some other places, but I feel like I'll always have that struggle and I'm curious to know any other listeners who have immigrated to another country, Not it doesn't have to be Canada, like yeah. do you ever, ever just like, do you think you'll just constantly have that struggle, that that pull? Yeah, you know that's what I'd like to know too. Because mm-hmm. I think this and this project I'm working on with homesickness, and yeah. like, you know, I'd love I'd love to know like what people's experiences are and what they're yeah. what they're um what they're going through and how it's different to ours or how it's or how similar it is or if it is really just such a common thing or if it's it, what it feels slightly different to people, but also like why people stay. Mm-hmm. Because you asked me, this whole thing has been about well, why have I stayed here, and I still can't really give you an answer. Yeah, it just happened. And, you know, you sort of set your life up somewhere. And for me to go back there, it is just like me saying, okay, well, if I'm going back, then I've got to know what I'm going back for. Yeah. And, like, my family, not that I'm saying my family and my friends aren't enough, but I still got to, I still got to live my life. Yeah. And I've still got to do my work. That I, and, I, like I said, I've finally figured out some stuff I want to do. And the kind of work that I want to do, I could do anywhere in the world. It doesn't really have to be here. Um, but, you know, I just, it's a, it's me, it's me up in and leaving again. And it's a big to move somewhere else is a big... And I think I will. I don't think I want to stay in Vancouver. I don't think this is my home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really loved the time that I've had here. Like, as much as it, it's been... it's been a, The entire seven years has been a struggle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie about it. It's been very hard. I've had some not really the, difficult experiences. Yeah, not the cheapest And not the cheapest either. And, yeah, like, I've had some real... I've had some difficult experiences like, on a personal level. Um, but I've almost felt like, okay, I kind of had to sort of go through that and figure a lot of shit out on my own and do some of the exploring that I've done of like myself. Um, so I don't regret it at all. And I'm, you know, a lot, Vancouver will always be 
the place I spent most of my thirties. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's really cool. Yeah, it's which is cool. which is cool, and I'm like, I do, I love it. It's beautiful. This this city is absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, but you know, it's changing as well. Mm-hmm. And do I want to stay in the way it's changing? I mean, every single art art place is being closed down. It seems like I'd love to stay and fight for all of that. But then when I think about that again, that's when I'm like, well, yeah, but they're still happening in London too. I should go back and fight for it in London. Yeah. Like all, like, the, all the all the all the struggles I want to fight, I'm like, yeah, but I should do that in England. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna fight it, I should do it at home. Yeah. And that's another thing. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Well, so, thank you so much for welcome. shooting and uh, being willing to record this uh, conversation. But yeah, to our listeners, if there's anyone who has moved away from home, feel free to share your thoughts and feelings in the comment section. I'd love to to know how you feel because yeah this is something we struggle with and mm. i'm sure we're not the only ones no definitely not. i'm sure we're not yeah yeah and i just don't think it gets talked about very often so i'm glad that you're putting it on the uncomfortable yeah on the uncomfortable show because i think that um well it's one of those topics it's like not really something you think about you don't really consider a taboo a taboo topic or a topic that has shame around it but I think being homesick can yeah. cause like mental health issues, and it can oh, actually definitely. cause it a lot. Caused a lot for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, people. Yeah, like, I mean, I've already covered it all, but it's been all of like the sense of identity. The exactly. like, who am I? Yeah, like, what do I represent in this world? Like, what, what, what's, what's, what's my responsibilities yeah. now because of that? Um, but also, just like. It isn't a, it isn't necessarily a taboo issue, but I think when everyone thinks of homesickness, they think of this romantic nostalgia for missing something mm. else. And I'm like, no, do you know what? It's way darker than that. Mm. It's not. It's not just like you know. It isn't. A, it's, it's not just missing your mom and dad. Yeah, which you know in itself is a big thing. It's like the top thing, to be honest. Yeah, but, it but there's for me a lot anyway. more. But there's way more to it than that. Yeah, especially yeah. I suppose depending on where you come from. Yeah. as well and what your legacy is and what you've left behind and what you're here to do and you know and at one po- at what point does does it become easier like we I say I live I feel like I live with like every day my feelings are like 5% grief yeah because that's what that's what homesickness is it's grief I feel I haven't lost anything but I have really <laughs> I've lost seven years of my life with the people I love the most to do something that I needed to do for better or worse yeah and um but the grief but like like grief it never goes away it just you learn to cope with it it's like the new normal yeah it's like a different or a different normal yeah 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 so well thank you so much my dear welcome Thank you so much for listening. Now you can follow Victoria over on her social media accounts. She's at Instagram at Urban Sorceress and Twitter at Urban underscore Sorceress. And you can catch her shows over on Mixcloud.com forward slash Victoria Spinner. If you enjoyed our conversation or you have any comments that you would like to share or if you've experienced homesickness and you just want to tell us a little bit about your experience, then head over to the episode page on our website, uncomfortable.blog, and please post them in the comments box. You can also follow us over on social media. We are at uncomfortable.blog on Facebook and Instagram and 
at uncomfy underscore podcast on Twitter. If you like what you heard, then head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a glowing review and make sure to hit all five of those stars. You can also support us on a monthly basis by becoming a patron and pledging as little as two to five dollars per month. Your monthly pledges will help keep this little podcast on its pod feet by covering costs such as website, podcast hosting, editing and so on. This episode was recorded and produced on the unceded shared traditional territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Thank you again for listening. Now go out there and get uncomfortable. <laughs>